one-on-one, just me and you. Dungeon master, don't have a crew. Make a move, win or lose. Got past the Jews, past the Jews. You have to roll to stay alive. And you're on your last life. You have to roll to stay alive. Welcome, everybody, to Last Life, a Des Moines and Dragons one-shot campaign. I am joined here today by the lovely, talented sound engineer, Bard. Uh, you know him from being our sound bard for all of our live shows. Chris Williams, everyone. And this is everyone clapping, but it's just me. Chris, what's up? Oh, um, you know, ready to throw down and hopefully not die immediately. As soon as the doors open. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I make no promises. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh, uh, well, um, uh, right now, uh, working over at East High School. They're uh, putting on uh, noises off, so making sure that goes off without a hitch. And uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing right now, other than cool. you know, the normal. Yep, yep. Uh, Chris, what's your experience aside from Des Moines and Dragons? Do you have experience with? tabletop role-playing games other than Des Moines and Dragons like that's it mm -hmm. that is it nice do you uh but you play you, you play video games right oh like, absolutely yeah absolutely do you have a favorite like RPG D&D like game mm -hmm. I am a fan of Diablo uh yeah we were literally just talking about uh Diablo before I started recording the podcast that's one of my favorite all-time games I've actually modeled parts of this dungeon off of um, well, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, certainly some inspiration from that game put into our little game that we're playing today. Chris. Yes. Are you ready to die? I am ready to die. Okay, cool. We begin. Pades the Pied Piper finds himself sitting inside uh, the tavern at in the town of Red Wheel, who uh, this tavern was actually named by... Our last, uh, oh man, and I lost that. Shoot. One second. That's super important to figure out here. Oh, is it Barraway's Bar and Grill? Man. Yes. <laughs> uh, a fun little thing about the show, if I ask you to name something, that becomes canon. So okay. do with that what you will. We find you in Barraway's Bar and Grill, sitting, enjoying a nice hot ham and cheese sandwich. Uh, it's about midday, and you've just you just arrived into town, getting yourself an, a meal in preparation to head into the dungeon. Uh, there's a, there's a few people milling about inside the tavern. Pades, uh, what do you do? Where do you go? See, well. Um... I, uh, I'm definitely a guy to get about my business, so I think I'm going to uh, head to the door of the tavern so I can start headed off toward uh, where I need to go. Okay, great. So you uh, finish up your sandwich, uh, sit yourself up from your chair, and 
begin walking out the door and you head out into the town of Red Wheel. It's a small, small-sized hamlet or village. There's couldn't be more than 50, 50 or so people, maybe 100 people when it was a few years ago, but it's a small rural farming community. And you see in the distance a, a winding road that heads north uh, towards the mountains, and you know that's, that's your inevitable destination of where the cathedral lies. Um, do you need to get anything before you go, or do you head on out? Is there a shop or something in town to... Sure. There's a, there's a couple shops. There's a blacksmith shop. There's a potion shop. Uh, there's a dog. There's a wild... There's, wild the dogs. town is full of wild dogs. Did my wife just come home? <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, we're about to get murdered. Um, so, what do you... So, do you need anything, I guess, is a, mm. is a different question. I like to be prepared, so let's go to the potion shop first. Great, great. Hydration is key. Yep. So uh, the uh, the potion shop is run by a small small gnome. Uh, what's what's his name? Stumpy. <laughs> okay. Uh, why is he named Stumpy? Well, uh, I've ran into this gentleman before. I've heard about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I both have a tendency of leveling uh, really bad jokes at people, and it, uh, it definitely costs us. Okay. Um, I'm thinking with him, he, he's stumpy because, well, he can only count to five oh. if, you, if you get my drift. So, I see. Is he a lefty or a righty? Definitely a righty. Okay. Uh, so Stumpy uh, waves to you with his uh, left arm. Uh, <laughs> um Page, good to see you, my friend. Haven't been around in a long time. Stumpy, I see your uh, hands looking all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another day, another day. Tell you, uh, tell me though, what uh, what brings you into town? Well, uh, there's a there's a dungeon up north I need to take care of, but uh, ah, um, the I, old Zekin Cathedral. Then yes, yes, yes. Um, had few adventurers come through here late. None have returned. Surely you. We'll be able to make it back, though. Well, Stumpy, you you and I both know how much our luck runs. Yes. Looking at your left hand. <laughs> he he glances down at his left hand also, and a <laughs> smile comes across his face. Uh, say, but I uh, but I tell you, Stumpy, I I feel like I need to be prepared. Well, hopefully, I can be the you know trend breaker, or the combo breaker here, and come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I need a few things. But I tell you, I can't put my finger on them. Well, uh, I have uh, some potions and poultices that I have uh, just recently brewed up that I'd have you take a look at. And he motions to a glass case that has several vials and um, jars of of strange colored uh, and some even glowing liquid. There's, uh, in gameplay terms, we have healing potions that range from lesser healing potions that heal you 2d4 health to greater healing potions, which heal you 8d4 health. Uh, The lesser healing potions, 25 GP per. Regular healing potions, 100 GP per. Greater healing potions, 200 GP per. And uh, I did some adjusting on your character sheet, so you should have about 500 gold remaining. There, there are some other potions also. There's a potion of invisibility. Um, that's 300 GP. Uh, all, of the, all of these specialty ones are 300. Okay. 
Uh, there's water breathing, invisibility, and feather fall. Uh, and uh, water breathing, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, but invisibility, you, you, trick. you get to be, you get to come completely invisible uh, for one minute. And uh, if you make an attack or do anything like offense, if you make any kind of attacks or, or stuff like that, the invisibility is gone. But you can move around, you can talk, you can like throw rocks or whatever to distract uh, uh, for up to a minute. And then Featherfall, uh, basically, you turn low gravity on. So you are able to jump really high. You are able to fall slowly. Um, you just, uh, gravity affects you differently. And each one of those is 300 GP per. Okay. Let's see. And what were the smallest? The smallest healing potions were 25 gold, uh, gold pieces. And... Uh, a single one is 25 gold pieces, and they heal 2d4 plus 2 worth of health. Okay. Well, I tell you, Stumpy, I think I'm going to take a, a feather fall and four of those lesser healing potions. Okay, excellent. So go ahead and add those to your character sheet. He opens up the glass case and, and takes the potions out, puts them in a, a little satchel for you, and hands them to you. The satchel's got, like... Uh, that wool lined stuff so that the glass doesn't break inside your inside the pouch. <laughs> Always thoughtful, Stumpy. Uh, well, Pades, uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, we can share a brew over at the tavern when I get back. Ah, uh, Barraway's Bar and Grill. They've got they've got a great blooming onion. <laughs> Maybe we'll split one. Ah, yes, yes. Someday, someday. But uh, take care, Pades, and good luck. <laughs> Thanks. So you leave the potion shop. Any other stops before you go? Let's see. Any any mistresses or anyone you want to say goodbye to? <laughs> I'd rather not go back to there. Um, <laughs> let's just say uh, I don't uh, actually play my fife much anymore. Uh, you skip out on one of those places one too many times. You wind up with a dagger in the wrong spot. Your lung capacity just ain't what it used to be. Yep. True that. I think we've all had a <laughs> night like that in our lives. Um, Who cool. hasn't, really? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, are you headed off then, Let's up the road? And so there was a was there a blacksmith shop yes. you mentioned? Yes, uh, there's a blacksmith shop. Any, any other place? Um, and there's, uh, I'm trying to think, blacksmith would have all your odds and ends. There's a stable if you wanted to uh, get a horse or a donkey or something. Um, otherwise, yeah, there's, I mean, it's still a small town, so they're, they're not going to have mm. all of the weird, like a magician's shop and all of that stuff. All right, all right. Um, let's go poking at the blacksmith shop right quick okay just to Did I, I don't think i gave him a name um nope <laughs> uh so you head over to the blacksmith's blacksmith shop mm -hmm. he is a he is an elf mm. and what's his name alan gunderson <laughs> she <laughs> Sweet. Uh, okay, so Alan is at the forge banging away on a piece of steel. And you said Gunderson? Gunderson. Gunderson. All right, cool. Because nothing screams elvish like Gunderson. It, it is a... There, I believe uh, there was a Gunderson that fought with uh, Aragorn during the... 
uh, final battle against Sauron. There so we go. There that's we go. canon. Head canon accepted. So <laughs> the elf, the elf turns to you and says, "Oh, hello. I don't believe we've met. Uh, welcome to my shop." Ah, welcome. Uh, well, uh, my name's Paige the Piper. I'm sure you've heard about me. All good things, I hope. Ah, uh, yes, Paige. It's a pleasure. I'm Alan, the blacksmith here in town. Um, Shaper of horseshoes, forger of swords, etc., etc. Mm. What is it that I can do for you today? Oh, well, I'd like to take a take a look at your wares right quick, if I may. Sure. So he presents to you, uh, like goes over to the wall and has several like weapon implements hanging from the wall. Uh, things of note that he might have. Uh, again, he has any weapon that you could find in the player's handbook. Uh, arguably, your uh, your character has kitted out with probably the best weapons that he would need. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does offer that uh, he has these uh, new weapons that have come in from the city that he hasn't even tried yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called uh, Alchemist Fire. Sounds expensive. He yeah, he looks over to you and he's uh, he shows uh, he opens this little case and inside are these clay jars um, and he says uh, these jars came just came in from the city I was thinking about talking to Stumpy about them actually uh, toss one of these and uh, big bang <laughs> well you uh, make sure that you. Uh give it to Stumpy's right hand, not his left one. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Uh, wouldn't be much use in the left hand. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I guess game question. Because mm-hmm. I'm, oh, I'm sure. really looking for kind of a hand crossbow, not necessarily for oh, sure. efficacy. No, no, no. I I didn't even think that you, I thought you had one, but I don't think you do. I don't. And he does. He, he turns over. Oh, yes, of course. Silly me. Please, and he motions over to the other side of the uh, the forge, and there are uh, several crossbows hanging on the wall. There's a couple longbows and short bows. He has a small hand crossbow that comes with a gauntlet strap that you can just strap right to your forearm. Mm, that looks intriguing. Uh, and for a hand crossbow, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, the wild dogs in town are, they are out and about. I feel like they can sense the disturbance from up north. They can. They know all too well what is happening. And a hand crossbow is 75 gold. Hmm. Alan. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Gunderson. Yes? Do you barter much? Ah, uh, well, I am, of course, willing to barter and trade. Why don't you go ahead and roll Persuade for me? Pades. So take a d20, and then roll that in my rolling thing. Two. Two. Excellent. Uh, Interestingly, almost all of the characters thus far have rolled terribly in town, which is fine, because no one's trying to kill you here. Right. Uh... So in this case, you would take what you rolled and look over on your character sheet and mm-hmm. see what the skill persuade and look at the number next to the skill persuade. Okay. Uh, that is the skill, the ability modifier. All right. That'd be persuasion? Yep. Yep. All right. So four. So it would be a four plus two, so which six. is a six, which still isn't that good. So uh, you are left with... Uh, 
uh, Alan looks at you and smiles. He says, ah, sorry, Pades. Uh, if, if it weren't for the fact that so many of y'all have gone up into the cathedral and not come back, I'd probably be willing to work with you. But, uh, That's... can't be sending out crossbows to be lost into, uh, the dungeon. But listen, uh, you have anything to trade? Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't think I do. So I guess 75 gold will just have to do, friend. Okay. Okay. Very well. Uh, it's a pleasure doing business with you, Pades, and uh, good luck. Hmm. Thank you, Gunderson. You're welcome. And with that, uh, Pades turns and leaves, and uh, the dungeon master is going to go figure out why his dog is so loud. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm just going to mute the have all been given treats <laughs> all right for the other ones that'll miss money all right that was a little too much mm-hmm. all right one more all right okay we're back uh so you exit the blacksmith and you can see that the pack of wild dogs that were running around the street uh all are having their tummies rubbed um by the orphan kids and the uh other random town kids that are just petting their bellies and giving them treats so they're not so loud (laughs) a heartwarming view it's a very heartwarming scene yes Uh, one of them looks like the dog from air bud uh oh good where where do you go? What do you do? Well, before I leave, I oh yeah, have sorry. A, I have a hearty laugh, and I look over, and I see Stumpy is petting one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I say that wild dog looks so pleased. So does Stumpy. Yep. <laughs> They've become best friends. Good. He needs a companion. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> Where to now, Pades? Well, uh, I feel I am as outfitted as I can get. Mm-hmm. So I guess onward to the cathedral. Great. So you load up your pack and uh, begin hiking off down the road, or I guess up the road, uh, across the switchbacks, up these hills towards the Zekin Cathedral. So the geography of the area is very much a... Um, like a oh how do i want to describe it um it's forested it should feel uh vaguely like a uh like a north uh western pine forest or deciduous tree forest there's just a lot of mm-hmm. um very tall trees greenery and as you go further and further up these switchbacks along this uh, increasingly deteriorating road, it begins to get much colder. Like the temperature drop becomes more and more significant, going from a temperate 65 degrees in red wheel, getting to like near 40 degrees um, to almost above freezing. (coughs) As you get closer to the cathedral, you uh, you actually see little white flakes of snow start to fall, which again very strange. It's not like you're climbing up thousands of 
meters or anything. It's just like an hour or two's walk. And eventually you arrive to the cathedral gates. Uh, the, the The gates to the cathedral are black iron bars that stand six feet tall. They line the perimeter of the ground standing. Inside the gate is the cathedral itself, a tall and imposing structure made of gray stone. Red shingles line the roof, and a single tall tower juts into the sky. Next to the cathedral itself is a squat stone structure surrounded by monuments and other small stones, similar to what a mausoleum or a crypt would look like. Um, and the the terrain between the gates and the cathedral, it's, it's about 45 to 60 feet uh, to the cathedral, and it, it's just like tall, overgrown grasses. And uh, yeah, that's that's what you see. All right. Okay, then, uh, hmm. Well, I gotta get in there somehow, so I, uh, I think I'm gonna start advancing toward the gate. Okay. Make a roll perception for me, which is a d20, and then, just like with that other skill check, you're gonna take this number and compare it to what your perception score is on your, uh, as a skill. Perception is for the modifiers a plus three perfect so uh that number is a 18 18 plus three 21 uh you're walking along through these tall grasses towards the cathedral and you extend your foot out just to take another step and just before you step down you can see uh, in the grasses a sharp uh a sharpened wood stake that's sticking straight up out of the ground camouflaged uh the same color as the grasses but you're just able to pick it out before you step your foot down on top of it mm. oh tricky tricky hmm let's see how far did i get uh you're about halfway about halfway there you got about 30 more feet mm. before you get to the cathedral steps or you could go a little bit farther to the right of the cathedral and that's where the crypt is also those are like the two locations of note okay if you will okay well i'm a little bit on the concern side so i want to take my tambourine out do i have a rope in my dungeoners pack yes chance? you do yep you have 50 feet of to... hempen rope i want to tie my tambourine onto the under the rope and kind of throw it out a little bit off to my right and see if I can get anything to trigger. Okay, okay. Uh, you don't need to make a roll or anything. You just do that. And we see this tambourine fly fly through the air, land in the grasses, and as it hits the ground, and nothing. Just, uh, it, it abs- actually, the how quiet it is up here, you've noticed by throwing the tambourine and how loud the tambourine sounds in comparison to the utter silence of the immediate vicinity is creepy. Very creepy. Too creepy. (laughs) Too. Too creepy. Too creeps. All right, so I guess I'm going to pull that back in. That's going to come in handy later. That's a very good idea. For my my range tambourine. This is what's so great about these games is I'm playing with all of these different people and it, you all have such different but creative ideas to these pro- this problem-solving activity of not dying. It's pretty pretty rad. So <laughs> well, I've made it officially further than I thought. So yes. we're off to a good start. Yeah, we're, 20, we're 25 minutes in, Chris, and you are still alive. All right. Pades well, is still... Still alive. Yep. It's waiting for the first person I get to insult. Yep. Then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> all right, so... 
we will so yeah you you don't see any more uh you don't trigger any traps and you don't uh you don't see anything else okay any other traps so i'm going to head first things first up to the gate and see what i can see okay so I'm sorry. I might I might not have explained that very well. Mm-hmm. The you you were at the gate and then oh, you walked through the gate to go into the. Uh, uh, okay. So I apologize. Just just short of the cathedral steps. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think I want to make my way up to the cathedral steps then. All right. So you make your way up to the cathedral steps, and you see that there is old, dried bloodstains uh, on the cathedral steps, and the doorway is partially ajar. Okay. Hmm. Feels wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. So I do- want to make sure that the door isn't booby-trapped, or there's some kind of tripwire or something around that's uh, going to put me in the same spot as whoever this poor sucker was. Yep. <laughs> so... All right. Is that another roll for... Uh... Yep. It would be another perception roll for me, please. Okay. That is uh, 18 again, so 21. Nice. Okay. Uh, you do not see any traps on the door. Okay. Or in the area around the door. Okay. The entryway is clear. All right. Then uh, slowly but surely, I'm going to pull my rapier out and pull the door open. Okay. Kind of pry it open, if you will. Yeah. Very carefully. Very slowly. So uh, may, we get a reverse camera shot of, like, w- the camera changes, and we're now inside the cathedral watching you open the door. And this big cathedral door that's maybe 12 feet tall slowly opens, casting in this white light that gradually widens and fans to allow uh, the rest of the uh, afternoon sun into the... Uh, cathedral's nave. Uh, what you see inside is the cathedral ceiling uh, stretches out in a fancy and well-drawn mosaic. Um, the walls, it's easily three to four stories tall. Uh, this building is massive, feels massive inside. Uh, the fresco is cracked and faded in parts uh, at the top of the uh, ceiling in the center is this uh, you would know from your information you got from the guild about this job uh, is a picture of the god of death he's opening his arms and painted coming into his fold are all of the va- all various creatures and races uh, walking towards him uh, the walls, they're fancy stained glass windows depicting death in all of its forms. Uh, many of the stained glass windows have cracks or pieces of them missing, casting in white light where there should be like a colored red, blue, or green. And then uh, there are pillars that run along the center of the nave, and each pillar has a big bowl of uh, crackling fire, a brazier that is casting an orange, a dull orange glow in the room. And uh, you see the bodies uh, of some goblins that lie crushed just inside the, uh, the entryway in a pile. It looks like they were surrounding someone. And, uh, but they look to have pieces of them bitten and chewed off. Bodies look to have been there for a few weeks. Okay. 
Okay. So was there in the cathedrals any like pews or anything mm-hmm. further on down the way? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if we look down the nave, there are like like it, it's set up like a Christian church. There's these pews that are set up on either side down down the center, uh, and then at the front uh, where the altar is, um, there are. Uh, well, I you'd have to get closer to really make it out because okay. it's still very dark in here. Okay. And it's a pretty big building. So, so. how big is the uh... The opening I'm in right now. Uh, I mean, you're in a room that's like maybe f- forty-five foot 45. square. Okay. Uh, and I noticed there's a little bit of light, but mm-hmm. it's still fairly dark in places. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to make my way up to the altar, going around this uh, what's left of this goblin mess. Okay. Uh, using the pillars to hide behind as I make my way forward. Okay. So you you uh, make your you skirt your way around the perimeter of the room, choosing to not walk through dead center of the pews to get to the altar. Uh, as you walk around, you see more of the architecture in the building featuring uh, stone gargoyles that sit uh, at the top of these pillars, watching, looking down, uh, and you can see one of the. Uh, one of the uh, platforms where these gargoyle, these stone, stone-carved creatures sit, looking over. Uh, there's one in the middle that is empty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My keen mind makes me think that something uh, stone gargoyle-esque might be crawling around, and I don't want that to mm. pop up. But I feel like something is a misc, so I want to cast Detect Magic and see what I can find. Sure. All right, so what is uh, read the spell Detect Magic right. for our listeners. Right. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learned its school of magic, if any. This spell can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. All right. You you uh, cast that, and then um, that is one of your casts, so you can flip that over. Um, and just, so how many first level spells do you get per day? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could potentially cast this again. Okay. Um, but just know that you get four uses. Okay. Our four first level spell slots. So we've used one today. Okay. Uh, or if you take a long rest. Okay. And uh, you detect magic. You're looking around the room and you see sitting in a dark corner uh, with its claws gripped uh, on either side of the stone, hugging itself as tight to the wall as possible is a humanoid form uh, with big wings. Uh, is clutched up against the wall. Uh, it's a size medium creature, so it's about a, as big as you are. Okay. Has it seen me yet? You don't know. It, it it's lying there. It's stand. It's clutched there, motionless. So it's debatable whether it has seen you or whether it's waiting for you. Okay. And where am I compared to where it is? So, sure. So, uh, if we think of this nave as like this long room with these pews on either side and an aisle in the middle, and along the aisle are these pillars that I said the gargoyles, the platforms were, mm-hmm. uh, you 
you you said you're going around the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going along the right side, he the gargoyle is clutched in the left top left corner of the room. So he's basically opposite side the room from where you are. You're walking along the right path, right side, right wall. He's along the left wall in the uh, frontmost left corner of the room. If that okay. makes sense. Okay. Okay. Is is that corner dark? Because I know with dark vision, I can see sixty feet in front of me. Yeah. So you you, you take a second and your eyes adjust, and you you uh, the the aura of the magic around the creature sort of fades, and then you see through your dark vision a black outline of a stone creature that's clutched up against the wall. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to backpedal a little bit, mm-hmm. being ever so quiet. Mm-hmm. Roll back. stealth for me. 13. Plus, uh, plus whatever your stealth skill is, which should plus be... five. Nice. So 18. See, told you stealth would be helpful money yep okay so you very quietly and sneakily without drawing attention uh where do you go i'm gonna go back to that pile of goblin mess mm-hmm. grab uh <laughs> grab what's left because i see one of them has got like a I don't know, some like weaponry on it that makes some noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have small, like little spears and short swords, crude instruments. And I'm going to make my way back up to where I was. Mm-hmm. And I want to chuck it to the opposite corner to see if I can get the damn thing to move. So, oh, I see. What, okay. So he's in like the top left corner. Mm-hmm. You want him to move to like the bottom left corner, mm-hmm. basically, to like mm-hmm. where those that pile of goblin bodies are. Mm-hmm. That okay. way, I can uh, take a look at the altar and make my way out. Hopefully, great. You, uh... oh, cool, huh? All right. So, let's see. How would this be done? I think what I'm going to ask for you is another stealth roll because what you're just trying to do is make sure that. Y- the creature doesn't discover where you are. You want it to pay attention. Like this noise, it's obviously going to hear, mm-hmm. um, but you're just trying to make sure that it doesn't notice you in the process of hearing this noise. So roll stealth for me, and then I'm going to roll perception. Okay. Um, I don't know how good these things perception is. Um, oh, terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, not good. Okay. Huh. What did you roll? 16. All right. So I rolled a 14. Um, and then 16 plus your stealth, right? Yep. So 21. Nice. Yeah. So you, uh, what does this look like? So as I'm very hesitantly and unwillingly grabbing this viscera of what's left of these goblin guts, <laughs> I sneakily, while not taking my eyes off of where I know that uh, gargoyle is, I chuck it against the far wall and the sound of the armor that's on this and the small arms you this huge clang against the stone and it, yeah it probably makes all this loud reverb too because this room is super tall mm-hmm. so there's all this echo and booming noise that you make mm-hmm. and i rush back to the pillar i was behind initially when i saw the gargoyle yeah yeah so the so this scene plays out this camera pulls to the side and it's 
It's like that uh, that camera angle from the Matrix where Neo is hiding behind those pillars. That's the kind of shot we get. We're like looking right at you, but you're out of focus and it's focused in on the, the foreground is out of focus and the background, we see this gargoyle swoop, silently swoop down from the uh, from its perch and land with a thud where you had thrown the armor and, and weapon and parts of the goblin. And it immediately begins smashing and ripping apart the... Um, the leftover pieces of the goblin. All right. So while it's busy, I'm going to as quietly, but hurriedly as I can get up to the altar and see what I can see. Okay. So you make it up to the altar and you see, uh, written on the altar, uh, are the words only when the goblet is empty, will the dead be ready to reach their final resting place. And then below that is, only when the goblet is full will the living arise from the pits of darkness. And on either side of the altar, uh, there, there, is this, there are these circles in the floor. To the left, it looks like a, a basket is sitting, um, like, almost like an elevator basket. You can see a chain runs all the way up into the ceiling and disappears into some mechanism up at the top. To your right is another where you would expect to see a circular basket, but there's actually a chain that just disappears through a, we'll just say a five foot diameter circle in the floor and disappears into the darkness. Behind the altar is a, uh, is a, what do they call it? They're, they're like these two arms that would hold like a scepter or something. Uh, And there is, uh, there's nothing there. It's empty. Okay. All right, and how did that uh, little inscription go again? Sure. Uh, oh, and I'm uh, most importantly, at the center of this altar, on the altar itself, is a big brass bowl. Um, and at the bottom of the bowl is just a little, little bit of liquid left. It's a dark purple liquid. Uh, and the, the, the words read, Only when the goblet is empty will the dead be ready to reach their final resting place. Only when the goblet is full... Will the living arise from the pits of darkness? Okay. Okay. All right. Part of me wants to just uh, spend a healing potion and pour it into the into the bowl, but I don't think that's going to work. Hmm. And in cases like this, uh, I would al- where there's like kind of out of game puzzling to figure out you can roll an insight roll which is a skill and i can give you clues about the kind of the puzzle that's in front of you okay it's a d20 again yep it's a d20 and plus whatever your insight skill is all right that'd be plus one so 17 okay so a little better than average so the important phrasing in the lines are when the goblet is empty, uh, when the god, so one, when the goblet is empty, the dead will reach their resting place. Uh, but, but maybe more critically, and a better clue would be when the goblet is full, arise from the pits of darkness. And if we're thinking about these two baskets, how one appears to have disappeared into the floor and one is resting in what might be a neutral or locked position. Mm. Um, 
that's uh, that's about all the clues that I want to give you. That's fair. And uh, let's see, let's see if this uh, gargoyle, how entertained he is by this uh, these dead bodies. I'm gonna make a, uh, I'm gonna make a insight roll, and uh, we'll see how he does. So you you hear the uh, clanging and banging and thrashing on the other side of the cathedral stop, and the room becomes eerily quiet again. All right, so uh, is there any kind of like stone table or something I can hide behind nearby this, near this altar? Yeah, yeah, you could hide behind. The altar itself is a large stone. It, it's a little smaller than a sarcophagus, okay. and uh, otherwise it's just like a... Um, yeah, there's there's not much else on the altar itself to hide behind. You'd have to kind of skirt back more into the nave where the pews and those pillars are to get more cover. Okay. Other than the altar itself, I All should right. say. For the altar, I'm going to duck behind it right quick because I don't want to try anything with not knowing where that guy's at. So I'm going to duck behind, peek out just enough because mm-hmm. I'm in the center of it. So I'm going to go around the, I guess, be my right. Okay. And peek my head out and look on the would be I guess be stage left so how like house house right if you <laughs> oh will my, the stage left oh side oh my god <laughs> the, the left side of I the just room. like that I understand that too finally this theater degree is paying off in a major way uh, it's, it's a success story Paul yep <laughs> it's totally worth all that private school money all right so we look uh, so so you peer out and look over into the the now quiet nave and uh, you hear the dull sounds of stone on stone in the pattern in a footstep pattern uh, cl- it sounds like it's coming from the ceiling though and uh, looking up with your dark vision you can make out the outline of the gargle very slowly working its way across the ceiling from the back of the cathedral, so like where the entrance is, and it's very slowly moving towards its original position, it looks like. Okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Off-topic question, but there wasn't anything about bringing the apocalypse if something gets broken, right? No, th- I okay. mean, no. Just checking. You're good. Okay. Well, I, I've had an idea. A very bardish idea. Oh, good. It doesn't include seduction yet. So, oh, all right. I thought you were going to try to woo the gargoyle. Not, not yet. We're not. A, <laughs> it's not. We're not in our hour of desperation. <laughs> um, so, I think what I'm going to do. Uh, well, I guess my first question is: There anything left of these goblins by chance? Yeah, I mean, there's okay. still piles of body piles and, and piles. Okay. yeah. Because I have an idea. I see that these goblets are. I guess the you know the the baskets are locked. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to make my way back up to grab another one and see if I can get the gargoyle to bust up this altar and maybe break something free. Okay. Or make things worse. You know, bard, yeah, yeah. bard stuff. Yes, definitely. So is that going to be a, a stealth roll to try to sneak by him again? Yes, yes, it will. God. All right, I got 13. Oh, I, so in these types of rolls where you're like kind of stealthing or evading a thing, mm-hmm. you are rolling against my creature's ability to perceive. So okay. I roll perception at the same time you roll stealth. And if whoever's is higher basically is successful, I roll a two, which with his perception is minus one. So I actually roll a cumulative of a one and then you rolled a 13. 
Mm-hmm. An uh, eight and a five with a modifier. Yeah, so 18 total. No, 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 eight, no, no. Oh, oh. modifier's five. Okay, so 13 total. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that is enough to beat my one. So mm-hmm. okay. you accomplish what you want to do. So you sneak past this guy again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab more goblin guts, and I swear <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the tavern and get their best wine to clean this hand. Cause, yeah. Uh, ugh. So I am going to come up just short of the altar, maybe the first pillar, and try to throw this goblin guts on the right side, the one that's locked in place, uh-huh. if you will, and yeah. see if the, the gargoyle can... We'll see what happens, I guess. You know, bard stuff. Yep. All right. So we see... So here's what happens. So you throw the goblin guts, and it... Like the little bits of metal armor and stuff from the part of the goblin you threw clang into the basket, and you hear uh, the like sound of air moving, like a whoosh, and uh, through the darkness, a black shape flies down from the ceiling and slams into this uh, metal basket. And I mean, this is the force, this thing weighs several hundred pounds. Uh, and it slams into this metal cage, this basket, and you hear a ching, and a chain breaks way up high, and the basket just plunges into the floor and disappears into the into the darkness. The gargoyle was in it. Yeah, money. All right. Did anything else happen? Nope. All right. Well, we. <laughs> It's a little less dangerous. This is so good because you have now made it way worse for anyone to try to... (laughs) Oh, that's so good. 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 Bard stuff. Yep. Um, I need to make a note that you broke... (laughs) Broke the altar. Broke the elevator. Bard stuff. All right. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So is there... Let's see. So there's no real reason. Well, number one, is there a way to traverse levels like via stairwell up or down in this uh, cathedral? Mm-hmm. So uh, roll perception again for me. 17 plus 3, so 20. So you, uh, looking around now, this relatively safe cathedral, you... Uh, you don't find any hidden spiral stairs or anything. You don't find literally like this cathedral is made up of uh, this long room, this long nave. And then there's the altar at the front of it. There are these two baskets. And then you spot a little brass lever that's behind the altar under the lip of the, uh, under the lip of the altar itself. Okay. Okay. Well, being the curious break everything type, uh, I'm gonna go over and uh, pull that lever. Okay. You flip. Uh, you move the lever over, and you hear the sound of stone grinding against stone, and powerful gears somewhere turning, and the. Let's see, where does this take you? Oh, cool. Uh, the uh, altar 
slides away from you, exposing a spiral staircase underneath the altar itself that descends downward. Okay. And there's no other <laughs> stairs or anything like that going mm-hmm. on, if I remember correctly. Nope, not in here. Well, I guess uh, down we go. Okay. Not the fun way like the gargoyle, but I digress. <laughs> I mean, Bard I don't stuff. think it was fun for him. I'm assuming he had a bad time. Yeah. And I can't tell you how... Anyway, all right. That's <laughs> going to take us to... Actually, we're going to take a quick five-minute break here. and uh, But don't go anywhere, folks. We're going to be right back with part two of Last Life with our own Pades the Pied Piper, played by Chris Williams. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 